Please be seated. Well, good morning. I'm so thankful for you all gathered here today. Uh, as it's quite obvious, Father Scott is not with us this morning. He's away for uh, the weekend. And so uh, I'm the captain of the ship, as it were, uh, for a few days behind and a few days more. And uh, I'll be quite honest with you. If, if you know me, you know what I preach, I, I keep a manuscript up here and, and I have my sermon ready to go. If I could lift this pulpit, you would see there's nothing here. I have nothing for you today. I mean that. Like, if, we're gonna, if I'm going to preach a sermon, we're going we're gonna to do it on the fly real quick. Um, I think I have a few of those Greek words still memorized in their definitions. I could do something, but I'm not going to do that. Father Scott asked me a few weeks ago uh, when he knew he was away, he said, Jed, do you think maybe uh, you could have some of the teens share about their experience from Camp Booyah this past summer? And I said, sure, we, we can definitely do that. Uh, for those of you, if that's a new, new uh, term, Camp Buya, it is an Anglican summer camp that is hosted by a diocese in the ACNA, not ours, not the Diocese of Mid-Atlantic, but the diocese, for, uh, the diocese of Christ our Lord is actually the diocese that hosts Camp Buya. And as one of my friends described it, another priest in our diocese, he said, it's like young life runs right into the prayer book. And so you have this, this uh, coming together of two things, young life and how they do Christian camps and Christian ministry, and then the spirituality of the Anglican tr tradition as it's expressed in the, in the prayer book. So what does that look like? Well, it means that we're doing a lot of like obstacle courses and tug of wars and mud pits and lots of fun things that, that bring us closer together and allow us to compete and have fun. And it means that for a week, I just survive on not much other than coffee and ibuprofen from six in the morning until midnight. Uh, but it also means that we incorporate Anglican spirituality into that. And so every morning at Camp Buya, we gather together to pray morning prayer. Then midway through the day, we practice some sacred reading of scripture. And we get 300 to 400 teenagers to be absolutely silent for 45 minutes and they open up their Bibles, and they read from God's word, and they ask God to speak to them. And it is a wonderful thing. We all need a little bit of silence during camp and some downtime, but God is speaking to them, and they are seeking that. And then at night before we go to bed, we pray Compline together. And so a rhythm develops over that week that is not foreign to us, but actually it's an expression of our spirituality as Anglicans. Well, that's Camp Buya. And we've had now two summers of that. We started last summer. Uh, that was our first experience with it. Uh, we went this past January for a long weekend retreat, a winter retreat, but the weather got the better of us, so we were only there for about and 24 hours, and we had to come home. And then we went this summer as well. I have a handful of students in our youth group that have gone to all three or even both years in the summer. And so as I thought about doing some sort of maybe like panel conversation and bringing them up and having them discuss and talk about it, I would interview them and they could share. I decided that I would pick on one of my leaders in the youth group, a young man named Riley Pachicano. He's a senior at Hilton High School. And I thought, you know what, let me, let me see if Riley might help me out. I've already gone too far to where I can't write a sermon. So if he says no, we're gonna be in trouble. I'm gonna have to dig up a sermon somewhere, or read you a chapter of a book. So I was a little nervous, but Riley came through for me. He said, Jed, I'd love to do that for you. And so I said, great. 
And so he decided, or uh, well, I shouldn't say he decided, he prayed and thought and put pen to paper over the past couple of weeks. And he's ready. He's prepared to talk with you all today about his experience at Camp Booyah, how, God, how he met God and how God met him. So before he comes forward, we're going to pray for him, and then the microphone will be his. So Riley, you can get ready. Come on forward. We'll pray for you. Please pray along with me. Gracious and holy Father, I give you thanks for this day. I thank you for your servant Riley. I thank you for his heart that seeks after you. I thank you for his mind that he's given to you, that he would love you with the entirety of his mind, that he would love you with the entirety of his being. And so now, Father, as he steps into this pulpit to share with us how you have engaged him at Camp Booyah. Would you fill him with your spirit? Let his words be your words. Let his voice be heard and let your word of truth be proclaimed. We ask all of this for the glory of your name and for the advance of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Riley, come on forward. Good morning. So... Father Jed asked me maybe two weeks ago, is it good? If I could uh, share about Camp Booyah with you guys. And I'm not going to lie, I have no clue where to start. Camp Booyah was just that amazing. I, I'm just going to pick a place and we're, we're just going to go. But the first thing I want to talk about is how diverse Camp Booyah is. You have kids from very young ages all the way to seniors in high school and uh, teens who have already graduated high school that come back and they help as leaders. And um, people from all backgrounds and ethnicities and it's just awesome to see everybody come together for one purpose and it's awesome to know that we're all there for the same thing. Um, my first Camp Booyah year was last summer and I had no clue what to expect going into Camp Booyah. It was new. Father Jed had brought it up to us at youth group and said it would be fun, but I had absolutely no clue what would happen. But um, yeah, it was probably one of the best decisions in my life to say yes to go to Camp Booyah and to be with this group of boys. And we all shared a cabin. It was a small cabin. There were maybe 12 beds for six teenage boys and three adult leaders. And yeah, by the end of the week, it got pretty stinky in there. And um, But it was really cool to be in that tight space with everybody because, I mean, not only are you forced to sleep and share a cabin with them, but you're also forced to sit there and listen and really get to know who you're in the cabin with. And... Um, I can say as a youth group going into Camp Booyah that we were we were pretty much strangers that first year. We it was our first year coming back from COVID and everybody getting to know each other again. But we went into Camp Booyah as strangers and as God worked through us throughout the week, we all became a family. And that was one of the best years of my life, but then um I got the opportunity to go this year, this summer, to Camp Booyah again. But this time it was with a totally different group of people. And unlike our first year, we had a couple more shy kids this year going to Booyah. And so it was, I was in the cabin, and then Jackson McCarg was also, it was also his second year there as well. So it was me and Jackson. 
And then we had four other boys who were on the quiet side and we didn't know them very well. But as the week went on, it was really cool to see them come out of their shell. And by the end of the week, they were, those four boys were just so on fire for God. It was like, well, we call it God high, you know? And so those four boys, it was really cool to see them come out of their shell. And not just that, but on the girls' side as well, the girls also all became closer and bonded, and some of them came out of their shell as well. And now I see them as my sisters in Christ, where before I would just see them as my sister's friends because they went to youth group with my sister and with me. So, but um, yeah, that was how the second year went. But... God really worked through the week. I mean, through all the different activities we were doing, there was always something where you could see God working. And But one thing that really helps with it is really taking the time to slow down and listen and look for God throughout the week. And that has been a huge um, building block in my life with Christ is to really learn to slow down and just listen and look for God. But we were also placed in groups from a variety of 400 different kids. We were placed in random groups, and that was our group for the week. And it was really cool because each group was so different. I mean, you had, you had senior boys mixed with uh, sixth grade girls in the group. You had, well, in my group this summer, I had a football player. I had a cheerleader. I had a boy who liked to fish, a girl who liked to dance, and a girl who liked to draw. And I'm not sure why I was in that group, but we were all just mixed. And now that I think about it, when I take time to slow down and think about what was God doing through that group, and I I think of how different we all were and how God was able to change the world through a group of strangers who all came to follow Christ. And so... It's things like that where you really take time to slow down and look to see what God's really doing. And, um, and so every night we would all, we would have a, it was about an hour of worship and it was really cool to see all these 400 different teenagers all coming together to worship and it was really quiet and it was just awesome. But then on Friday night, our last night there, whoever was speaking at the time for the week, he gave us a sermon and then we had um, about 15 to 20 minutes to just sit in silence wherever we wanted on the campgrounds by ourselves and just listen for God. And my first Booyah year, that's where my life completely changed, was in that 15 to 20 minutes. I got to sit down, I was by the lake they had and the sky was just beautiful, sunset, purple, orange, the sun was setting. You could see it reflecting over the water. It was just perfect. And some things had happened that first week. Some very unfortunate things happened, and I was very angry with God, and and I was mad. And I had grown up going to church all my life. And, but I had never felt God the way I felt him this week. And so it was the last Friday night, And I hadn't felt him like I wanted to. So I was angry, and I got to sit down in silence. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, God, why am I here? 
you know, you brought me to this camp full of strangers. All these bad things happen. Why even bring me here? And that was when it was silent. And I heard God say to me, he said, come home, Riley. You're not too far. And that's when my life completely changed. And now my life is so much better because of it. And um, so throughout the week of Booyah, we would have... uh, we would have a lesson for all five days. And the first year was the parable of the prodigal son. That was our first year. And um, so a father had two sons, and one ran away with the money his father gave him, and he spent all his money, and he found himself in a very bad position. And then he came back home to his father, and his father threw him parties and dressed him in nice clothing. And his other brother was very envious towards him and didn't understand why his brother who ran away was getting everything and he was just in the background. So that was our first story for our first year. And our second year was the story of David. And David was having visions from God and his brothers were very envious of him so they sold him into slavery. Oh, it's Joseph? Oh, okay. Story of Joseph, sorry. And um, Joseph's brother sold him into slavery. And uh, I mean, that's a pretty good reason. I would be pretty angry with that. But eventually, later down the line, Joseph's brothers, um, they come to meet him again. And Joseph doesn't reveal that he's their brother until further down the line. But what I see in these two stories is the theme of mercy and how the father to the two sons was very merciful towards his son that ran away. And he wasn't quick to judge his son. He was very merciful towards his son who ran away. And Joseph was very merciful towards his brothers who did basically they ruined and screwed up his life. But Joseph found a way to make it all work out. And so That has been another huge point in my life is knowing that whatever we're going through, whatever we've done, whatever we're running from, hiding from, God doesn't care. God's right there to welcome you back home. And he's so merciful. And every Sunday we get to see God's mercy on display. It's not just bread and wine, it's God's mercy. And so, yeah, I don't know how many of you are hearing it for the first time, or maybe it's a reminder, but I invite you guys to come home and just be in the presence. So thank you. Riley, thanks so much. I don't know about you all. But we don't get a lot of time and opportunities to be silent and listen for God. Maybe we do, we just don't take them. Maybe sometimes they need to be forced upon us to say, put your phone down, turn the TV off, close your laptop. The email's not that important. Listen for God. <laughs> the crazy thing. He'll actually, he will actually speak to us. Imagine, 
Imagine a God that says, if you seek me, you'll find me. Not a God that plays hide and seek. Not a God that says, you're not good enough. Don't bother. A God that says, come home. A God that says, I've been looking for you. While you were still far off, I saw you. That's the God we serve. That's the God who gave his son for us. A God whose mercy is on display. Because it is not just bread and wine. It's the sacrifice of the son of God for nothing less than the salvation of the world. Do we hear from God? Do we afford ourselves those opportunities? I think personally for me to my shame, I pay attention to other things that are far less important. But Camp Booyah teaches teens. There's a rhythm to this. You can incorporate this in your life. This doesn't have to be some random thing that only happens every 15 years. Because God's wanting to speak to us every minute of every day. And Camp Booyah encourages that. It fosters that. It develops that. It was not my idea to send the youth group or to take the youth group to Camp Booyah last year or this year. Uh, someone else came to me and said, Jed, here's this opportunity. It's a Christian camp for teens. I said, that sounds good. We should do it. And they said, and it's Anglican, even better. Let's go. And uh, yeah, I had to tell, tell the youth, it's going to be fun. I didn't know. I had no idea what we were going to go down and experience. I really didn't. I mean, I assumed as much. And it turned out to be experiences of a lifetime. I've been a priest now for five years, five years, I think. Yeah, five years. I've been a deacon for six. In my wildest dreams, two things that I've done over the past seven years, I've taught high school and I've taken on the position of youth pastor. If you had asked me six or seven years ago, Jed, teach high school. Not a chance, not a chance, not a chance. Jed, be a youth pastor. No, <laughs> no. I can pull a Jonah. I'll, I'll go dig ditches. I'll, I'll go work on cars. No. But who am I to refuse the Lord? Who am I to say, Lord, I'm yours. Use me as you will. Great. Here it is. Not that. God, I'll, I'll, I'll proclaim your truth to whomever you send my way. Great. Here they are. Not them. Who am I? Who are we? We could learn a lesson from the Holy Mother. What did she say when Gabriel said, here's how this is going to go. I am the Lord's servant. And Booyah helps us with that. Six years ago, no, don't want to be a youth pastor. Now it's some of the greatest stuff that I've ever done. Wouldn't trade it. Wouldn't trade it for anything. And I'm old and my knees, I've played too much soccer. My knees don't, they don't work like they used to. Wouldn't trade it for anything. The conversations that I get to have, the experiences I get to have, the places that I have in the hearts and the minds that God says, you will be my servant to minister to them. 
So we are a Booya youth group and we are a Booya church. We will continue to go to Camp Booya. Will you help us? Will you support that? Now you all can't go to Booya. I'm not paying for everyone here to go to Booya. Forget that. Y'all don't want to go all that time anyway. But how can you support us? How can you pray with us? How can you come alongside us? Are the teens worth it? Who's going to sit in these chairs when we're no longer here? Who's going to carry the hope of Christ forward? It's right behind us. They're right over here. They're right there. They're babies in arms. Will we support that? Will we invest in that? Pray on it. Think on it. You all know where I work. Get in touch with me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.